Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to the Dirk Kroll Band. Check it out. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I am talking to Dirk and Marcy from the Dirk Kroll Band. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I caught you guys... Uh, earlier this year at Dave Roof's uh, Funky River Town in Ipsy, and I, I actually I just loved the music. I thought it was fantastic. I love the 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 depth of of your songs, the songwriting, and uh, especially with the full ensemble because you had horns, you had uh, keyboards, you know, guitar, bass. It was great, uh, and I really loved the kind of. Uh, I just want to say it's like storytelling music that I think of like from bands like. Bruce Springsteen and you know Bob Seger, um, Tom Petty just had that 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 native kind of storytelling. And so after seeing you guys, I was like, I got to get you on the show. And finally, I've done it. So thank you guys so much for being on Fans with Bands. Thanks for having us. So uh, I do want to talk about the new album, Your Flight, but I want to before we get into that, I kind of want to understand like how did you guys? Uh, how did the Dirk Kroll band begin? How did it? Oh boy, I don't know how far back in time I'm going to date myself. <laughs> Probably modern days. It was uh, 2015. We were living in 14. We were living in Troy. And a couple of musicians we saw around town. I was playing with uh, Skid Marks and Meredith Lord okay. um, at the time. And I don't know, even know how I would describe it. I was not writing to the band. But I uh, I really had worked out with another band that I didn't think was up to snuff and that. And I got an offer from a couple of guitar players, uh, Mark Schwartz and Jeff Adams. And uh, we Mark got... Schneider. Mark Schneider, I'm yeah, sorry. that's okay. And we, and we got together and uh, worked on some of my songs. We decided it was a go. We, it, we had fun. It was very exciting. And I got the first uh, semblance of what was to be. And uh, boy, to make a long story short, which is not like me. <laughs> winded dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free yeah. to expound as much as you want. And later, and five or six incarnations in that uh, that were our ten song album, our, our fourth release since 2015 was was about three months ago, and it's in, in employed and. I've had tremendous help from a bunch of very talented people. And as uh, happens with bands in that, um, it, it, the more talented your membership gets, the more involved they are with other projects. Yeah. And um, those bands would uh, eventually spend their time and I would move on to other forms of music I was doing. If you listen to my albums and that, it was, it's very different from the more garage deck rock. Yeah. To acoustic stuff too i got back to the more, more horns and rock and roll and what i was early into lately this last release and it's just where i'm at at the time and the people i can and i'm so flattered down to my socks the people the incredible band people that come around and play and want to put their fingerprint on my ideas but you've awesome. written songs for a long time you actually had a quite a bit of the songs that are on our latest oh, i knew we we're gonna go there <laughs> <laughs> yeah back in Back in 1955. Yeah, in the 90s, and you played a lot of the Hamtramck. Oh, Lilies. Uh... But you were in bands that you were still performing your, your own original songs. I, you did the lyrics and the music on everything lately that is available. We, we had a really bad signing with a label in the early 90s, A&M Records and that. And, uh, uh, it's a different story. It's a different story. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but i was no i was always into the I, i'm a prolific reader and and my politics get into my music no matter what and i write a lot of storied songs which you said what you said yeah. you heard what i do and uh, enough subject matter comes across my mind in a period of time where it turns into a song something like that yeah yeah well you know that kind of leads into uh, something i wanted to talk about so you know with your um your flight that the new album that you have out that you know it's it's like just it's kind of a treasure chest of music you get so many different types of uh stories but then there's also different emotional qualities to that um different arrangements you know the songwriting is really diverse 
um, which I think is great. Um, but it all has a kind of a, uh, a central root in like kind of like what I consider just like rock and roll music. Um, I was wondering like, what are some of the, for you, the favorite tracks off of that album? Well, I think what went over the least, what we liked the most was your <laughs> the title song. And it was just an, an every day I, I was looking at everybody on the go, everybody trying to get someplace. It was, it was metaphorical, but it wasn't too. It could be the home you're trying to get to and what home actually meant. And just the, the, the bunch of bees in the beehive that are the workers and they're, and they're on a way to something artistically, uh, mechanically, business-wise, whatever. And it was about that flight and what home meant. Nice. And, and, uh, that some of my songs are you know they just come out and happen right away on their own which is the nicest form other ones i'll have a chorus don't ever write a chorus to a song first <laughs> it's hard to get back into uh verse and 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 string together stuff i'm i'm not stuck uh, probably what you said about diversing it from one song to another it's usually a, a clean template not a my choosing. I'm not trying to be different from song to song. It just works out like that. Okay. I have a different story, different story to tell. One of your possible throwaway songs that Dave Roof, our producer, wanted to throw oh, in. Mad Men? No, Black Velvet Elvis. Oh, yeah. I love that song. We're not going to really put that on there, but it's a charming story. My drummer, Paul Price, um, and, and Dave Roof. They, you know, we're, we're in the studio and, and I'm like, I brought that up. I said, oh, I don't know about this, but I don't want to do this. And they said, oh, no, you have to do that one. It's, wow. it's, a, it's a trailer park. This guy's wife worships at Elvis. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's as facetious as a song can be about what this guy would do to get rid of his wife's worship of Elvis. <laughs> Velvet Elvis, you know, those yeah, paintings those used paintings. to find at gas stations. No, that's like an old song. And so there's an altar of the Elvis. Perfect Tommies was a band back there that was signed that horrible label. But uh, he brought me a Black Velvet Elvis from one of those uh, gas stations in that. Right. <laughs> Elvis and he goes we should write an Elvis song so that was my Elvis <laughs> he resurrected it and it got recorded yeah but that's awesome I, I I love that one because it's you know fun and it's got the great horn section in there too the sax yeah. the sax solo is fantastic another one I really love is um for a little uh for a little while yeah um, yeah can you tell, tell me about that that song because I love the the melody and the chords um, that's an older song too. Uh, the band I was at currently at the time they used to make fun of me because I had this chorus and they loved it. But they go, "Hey," and the rest of that song, I go, "No." You know, <laughs> I don't know how long I did that. The length of the band. And finally, I was uh, driving down St. John's Marsh on the way to Russell Island, a, a family retreat, and that, and it just kind of came to me. The verse and everything else did that went with the chorus. Finally, it was a couple of years after I had the chorus. But it um, that's one of my favorite songs I wrote too. But it it uh, finally magically fell together. I had to wait, and if I would have forced it, and I never could anyhow, it wouldn't have happened like that. So you know, if when somebody's um, listening to your album for the first time, do, do you have any hopes or expectations for them? Like, what what would you want them to experience when they're listening to this album? I want them to be millionaires and send me all this money. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really, really that good question. That is a good question. question. I don't mean to make fun of that. No, it's funny, though. <laughs> often, and we have found that original music can be a challenge for some people, especially in our age group. They want to hear songs that they're familiar with, that they grew up with, yeah. but it takes a certain kind of patience to listen to a song. And most people will say it takes the second or third listen for them to really take it in and hear the words. Marcy had the best line I ever yeah. heard. Everybody's favorite uh, songs started out as original. As an original, but it as an original. But it's but there. I don't think there's the uh, keener list or whatever the um, go around that gives you a repetition of playing happens nowadays. You're going to catch a song briefly. America, America's mind, everybody's attention span too is pretty yeah. brief. So it's not. It's even more unlikely that you're going to be hearing a song several times in proximity where you're going to actually take it in and weigh it some way. I've had people that 
I go, did you, did you listen to the whatever? And no, 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 no. And years later, they go, oh, that song's a great. I said, well, you finally listened to it. You know? <laughs> and, and I'm guilty of that perceived too. Value. Yeah, it's right. perceived value. Yes. And our age group too, and I hate to keep on doing this, is a comfort yeah. food. Yeah. My that's kind of blues, some jazzy, some country, British. Multi genre, I would say. I mean, early I on. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Milo picked that as his favorite of the, you know, different we DJs know. have picked pretty much early dawn regularly. Which is not a song we would have picked off the album. I'm, no. Yeah, I'm flattered but, regardless. Yeah. I really liked that, like that song too. It's not one we would have picked to be the uh, main song people liked. But that's been a blind taste test from different sort of DJs. Nice. So you, you don't know what to expect, and it's always different than what you thought it might be. Yeah, yeah. So, you, uh, Dirk, you were talking a little bit earlier about, like, that um, kind of the inspirations in, in the songwriting. Um, you know, what, what what does inspire you as far as writing? Is it is it things that you're reading? Is it the events of the day is it you know the weather today is it just how you're feeling it, it's <laughs> no i i don't mean to be ambiguous and yeah. escape escape your question there's a lot of um different things that'll hold a moment for me and when i get when i get to that moment i hate to quote keith richards but he said it's all going by it's just what you can grab but it's <laughs> that something that stops you in time for something you related and it's a ditty i have a, a melody or a guitar riff in, in mind in that and, that, and all of a sudden i'm doing my i stand by my lyrics i don't have any uh, moon spoon june lyrics and i don't and i don't think about it too much i i, I know people go god those are great lyrics they go and does he think about them no i don't think about them too much they just the best lyrics come to me and I can I can always tell when I'm doing a song if I have to make something work. Yeah. Remember the words, make something work. Those never do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah, it's stuff I read. It's politics. It's today. I don't write many first person songs. I guess one I had was about um, our older daughter, and it's called "Song for Rochelle," and that was close to my heart. Addiction, everybody's addiction, but what she's been through a lifetime of pain and it, it just uh was probably the most like i said close to my heart i, c I could write a song yeah and and then i and i in the same moment uh some of the stuff we're doing now the old song i can give you love is the politics of love and money and i'll, right. I'll leave it at that you'd have to hear <laughs> angry girl too was um a couple of people listening they really liked they said well who's angry and i said well it's marcy but it's not it's spoof late at night because she has to talk to she has triage and she's a nurse and late at night at 11 o'clock i'm ready to go to sleep now dear and she's got a litany of uh well i deal with a lot of people throughout the day and i'm not able to think my own thoughts and by the time we get through the day and i have a moment of Silence. She's such an angry girl. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not angry. But she's not angry. I just she's say. more on a bully pulpit, you know. She's yeah. got yeah. a bully pulpit. Yeah. Oh, Teddy Rose about bully pulpit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, just kind of like getting getting the trauma of the day out of yourself, right? Yeah, it's out of her system. Yeah. 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 And that, that was that, that, some, that was a moment in time too. You know, I remember the first time she heard it and when I was doing the choruses for a vocal test up on stage and then she stopped in mid-conversation and looked at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> then there's I Only Fall in Love. You, you'd never oh, write a country type song before. I, you would, were... I worked, I was a, a an adjuster for farmers insurance and I was in Memphis, Michigan. So I thought, I'll write a country song. <laughs> <laughs> it was this 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 story I read about this poor guy that was crushed to the ground and he's just coming back out again. He's just trying to live life again, maybe meet somebody. Yeah, but only problem is every time he goes out, he falls in love. And, you know, that's awkward yeah. and good. And but that's what that song's about. Uh, <laughs> the middle, the middle eight is uh, you know, I'd be okay if I never fell for you, but you yeah. know, I'm he just keeps setting himself up. Yeah, late at night, light in my face. Uh, 
I tell myself, hold on, I lie to myself. I tell myself I won't love no one else. Don't ever take no chances. You'll never win. And you'll only fall in love. <laughs> yeah, that that's another great song uh, that I loved on that album as well. I, um, you know, when you were talking, I was thinking about like, when you were talking about putting together the songs, do you ever, are you ever like, what is the, 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 the catalyst for that song? Is it, um, are you working from the music first and then putting lyrics to it? Or do you have a lyrical idea and you go, oh, I need to think, or I want to think of some music that goes with this lyrical idea? That's a, that's a real tough one. And I, I have trouble answering that. Um, Cause it's pretty spontaneous. I'm going someplace right away. Mm -hmm. The iron horns and everything. And that what I'm, uh, uh, I get this peripheral, almost like channeling in that of what's going on in the song what i want about it the character but i guess i would say okay and um uh, and sometimes um i'll because i'm a bass player originally and singer and i fronted a band doing guitar i write some on piano not much but i uh, i would say it's kind of a uh, when i say diddy there's a riff right and I'm working on that. And sometimes I, I uh, more uh, less of the time, I've got some lyrics going on trying to do music to it. And that's tougher for me because uh, I think the music directs me a lot more than the lyrics do sometimes. Although my lyrics are the main thing about the song. It's yeah. kind of a dichotomy. Yeah, I, I would think, I, I mean, from the few songs that I've, you know, worked on myself, it always felt like it was the music. And I was kind of curious what, what was the driving factor? It always seemed like the music was the catalyst and it gave you some kind of emotional feel, like a particular yeah, riff. And then you go, oh, more. yeah. Yeah, okay, well, I don't know what that's probably more honest. So you're a writer too. I uh, used to, I don't write as much as I, I mean, I write a lot, but not music anymore. Um, I So I used to play guitar in a heavy metal band like back in, uh, oh my gosh early 90s uh and uh did that for like six years and um we recorded a couple albums and did all you know did that stuff but i i got kind of burned out from it and uh so i still play but not as much you don't impress me right now as that person yeah, like, really <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. I guess i guess to be more honest and back to the uh, maybe redundant for the last time it's 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 kind of a ditty thing and uh, when i had the country song in mind i definitely was playing what i thought would be country chords or whatever and the song that song just came to me almost instantaneously other stuff's other stuff's a long ways away and i just keep it i keep it in my memory banks or something <laughs> madman i mean i remember we were around a little campfire, campfire on the west side of the stage. And you just started playing something. Well, it it was uh, another thing I read about extraterrestrials and madmen, and and this guy, and it's just for madmen in places that they run people that believe that, and it's become a lot more mainstream now. Um, the second verse in it is it's just as dark as ever, it never ends. When they'll come and visit again, all your relatives are on their way. It's so relative where we all stay. You know, pretty. <laughs> yeah. Abracadabra lyrics, but, <laughs> but it's because it's, I do have a fascination. It drives her crazy sometimes. I do have a fascination. I think a lot of stuff's going to come to pass in our lifetime that's going to indicate a lot more of what we knew um, that hasn't come out yet. Uh, cool. <laughs> I love it. Love it. So, how did you guys get into music? What, what, when did you start uh, like playing instruments? And, and I was bands? 14 year old. And 14 years old on an exquisite Martin ukulele. Awesome. Literally played it to death. So I, what, what inspired you? What, 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 what made you want to play music? Um, I'm down my basement in Royal Oak and I'm listening to the birds and Buffalo Springfield. Uh, of course the Beatles and Stones in there too, but um, my dad um, was a singer on Anheuser-Busch radio hour. Really? He knew Bing Crosby and then my dad had a great voice. I guess he had a big radio chance that he chickened out of in the end. Um, it was supposed to be nationally broadcast. Wow. But he was always singing this stuff around the house. I didn't know how good he was. Yeah. Uh, I, I, just some rare tape. My sister and I have him later on. He was really good. I mean, Sinatra and that. 
So it was a musical family and we did harmonies. We'd be driving up to the cottage and we'd sing three-part harmonies all the time. And it was just for fun. Wow. I mean, we're very musically, but I, uh, I think when I was young and I heard green onions, I said, Oh yeah, I want to do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember uh, what, with the very first, uh, and this is a question for both of you. What was the very first album that you bought with your own money? Um, well, it was uh, Eddie Cochran and uh, oh, what was it? I'm not going to come up with it right now. Brink. Roy Orbison? No, not no. Roy Orbison. No, it was really weird because my I got my parents were separated for a while and came back to Michigan from California, which my dad considered destroyed me. And I had Eddie <laughs> Cochran and uh, who was the guy that used to go across the San Francisco Bridge? A jazz player, horn player, sax player, famous guy. But anyhow, jazz album and Eddie Cochran and my dad's looking at me because we didn't know each other. And he's going, what happened to you, you know? <laughs> but I, I, at my grandmother's house, I grew up in Laguna Beach until a certain age. And I had a turntable and I, I played, you know, what they had there. And Eddie Cochran, I don't know how I got that. I think I got that in the Mexican garden. Or, <laughs> I got, uh, uh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm this is terrible. As soon as we aren't talking anymore, I'm going to kill <laughs> I remember it, but it was a very uh, avant-garde jazz player, and um, I listened to them, but I, I had no idea about music and uh, what captured me. I got in, into town, and my older brother, I, you know, I didn't know that well anymore either, was Motown. I mean, he took me to Jackie Wilson concerts. Oh, and man. We were, we were the only white people in the audience. And <laughs> was so cool. My dad would have killed us if he knew. <laughs> Swore me to secrecy. I was a lot different than you. My at twelve, I had a Laura Nero, a Yusuf Latif, a Julian Bream, which was lute music, and Lost Poets. Wow. I mean, yeah. So I had kind of a multi all over the so place. Talk about Bohemia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like she that. was as children. We were pretty much out there and on our own with our families and and what was going on around us. We were very isolated and I wouldn't say chose to be, but we didn't fit in. My name's Dirk. I had to be a musician. <laughs> <laughs> And Marcy too. Her background is just fascinating. The stuff she uh, well, went. the music I like, but I was I had piano lessons as a child, but I never sang other than playing guitar and singing Joni Mitchell's songs uh, to my babies to lull them to sleep. I had Tasha Owens and Rachel. But I was never a singer. I had Tasha band. Owens and Rachel Williams for my backup singers, and I wrote a song uh, for Tasha. And they went off into the stratosphere, whatever they're doing that. And I got, I got another female voice now. I'm on the couch and then she's singing with me. And I looked at her and she said, no, no way. way. <laughs> Terrible stage fright. But my first time performing was, was, Heart Plaza. <laughs> was at Heart Plaza. Really? At a big gig. It wasn't karaoke. It wasn't the basement bar. It was there. She thought she had stage fright that she never had. Well, I, I think I'm just too old to give a damn. She, you know, she's one not one of those fish-eyed people that goes someplace while she's singing. She definitely connects in that well, more I'm so than I do. Strictly back up, but I know your song so well. Yeah, she just remember. And we're just sort of a yin and yang. It just works. It just works. She had a good stage so presence. It's a, it's a good something. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but That's you awesome. know, one of my fantasies of sorts would be you've got so many diverse songs i wish that there were other bands and musicians that would consider doing your song oh she told me about this lately yeah yeah i like for a little while i could see jennifer westwood and dylan Dunbar. yeah oh yeah swing would be fun if ben sharkey did that you know he's like just a sinatra type stuff and Tasha Owens, you know, already did that that one song. Yeah, this record play, yeah. Um, when you wrote the song for, you know, piano and cello. I didn't even plan it. I wrote the cello and the piano and everything. And that song, I never played so it. She performed it. But it. Well, what about uh, our friends, uh, Ladyship? Uh, oh, they oh, would yeah. be your flight. Your flight, yeah. That. Oh, my I've, God, no, they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. To exchange, we'd like to play some of their stuff and their choices and be in a mix where you could 
have other bands uh, that you you pick to do your stuff, or they have their choice of my stuff, yeah. and just exchange like that would be a lot of fun. That would be really cool. You know how? Yeah, you know, because they have that. I mean, sort of a play on this where they have that Detroit by Detroit. You know that. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes. But yes. but be it, have it be more contemporary where. You know, band X isn't necessarily, you know, Jack White and the, or the White Stripes or whatever. It's, I don't think we want to take them too much out of their uh, normal, but yeah, some, yeah, but they can make their own. Right, right. Yeah. Something, yeah, because obviously you guys aren't going to do death metal or something like that, you know. So, <laughs> although, uh, <laughs> we can go sit through oh, what? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, although I was, I was talking to and I saw, because um, I don't know if you know Halloween from, Detroit, the heavy metal band. Um, anyway, I was oh, talking. Oh, that's who I got a message from lately. That's who they are. Halloween. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, Brian, uh, he's the lead singer. I saw him uh, doing an acoustic set uh, at, at a museum, actually, um, and he took some some songs that would typically be really heavy, but he stripped them down and made them acoustic songs, and it was a completely different song. It, Okay, and it worked. Yeah, it, it was amazing. That is really cool. You know, WDET, when they've had, um, no, yeah, DET and, you know, Wayne State's. Oh, yep. State, they've had folks come in and do their acoustic versions of some of their songs. And oh, waste, waste of that. Yeah. Well, that would be interesting. But that that that's a cool yeah. concept to see that. Sort and of I, like a, I like it turned upside down like that, where you took a heavy metal person and the acoustic yeah, and it worked, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's what people might not have heard otherwise. Right. Well, what was the song Johnny Cash did of. Was oh, it, that whole tribute album. Was it Nirvana or what? He did Nine, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Nine, 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 Nine Inch Nails. I loved that. I yeah. mean, that I, was to say it, his version kind of topped. To, it was amazing. Yeah. It did. It was. Tom, it. Tom Petty and I Won't yeah. Back Down. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Rick awesome. Rubin, right? producer, yeah, I yeah, believe so, yeah. And then it was uh, uh, Trent Reznor worked with him because that, yeah, yes, because that was the he wrote the song. But yeah, right, now how did they introduce that to him and he did that? That's wild. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I guess I mean, sort of like we, you know, we've been talking about where you just you're you're open to experimentation and trying to like, um, you know, re contextualize those songs into in a yeah that's a good way to put it reconceptualize yeah so the time to do it though yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) so if you guys could play like uh this is kind of like a fantasy question you could if the dirt crawl band could be uh playing any stage anywhere in the world where where would you like that to be red rock canyon Oh, all right, awesome. <laughs> and and who would you like to be like on the bill with you? Oh God, some local bands. Uh, I I promote uh, Detroit. Some of our I can't name names because I'll leave somebody out. But there's several bands I would uh, bring with me from yeah. Detroit if I was so lucky to have that situation. And uh, you like Elvis Costello? Well, I, I, hey, I'm older than him, so I need out of me. <laughs> no, but I mean, there, there, there's this incredible talent in town here, certain people I favor. And uh, like I said, I'm not gonna because I'll leave somebody out. I would bring uh, people from the hood, I guess cool. I'd call, call it that. Excellent, excellent. And I went to hood because Detroit and Ann seem so segregated sometimes. That's a thing. Oh, yeah. It really is. We since we've known and loved David Rue, the Ann Arbor scenes, it's a different scene. You have your pocket of people that they all know each other and yep. Yeah. The John, Johnny Speakeasy thing. Yeah. We've gotten to know some of them, but yeah. Well, I was thinking I need to get yeah. you I get uh get you ensconced with uh Steve Gerbach because he runs uh him and John Mooneyham run the uh Manchester Underground Music and Art. Oh yeah, I just that's how I know that name. Yeah. Or heard yep. that name. Yeah. And so they put on shows at the River the River Race and Distillery in Manchester. And they've had Twist Twist and Tarantulas was out there. Um, oh, yeah. Wilson Thicket. Um 
Oh, they're great. Yeah. 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 Eric Hart, yeah. He, he can yeah. do no wrong. <laughs> and I thought of you guys, you know, I thought yeah, you would be perfect over there. Um, well, thank you. Well, thank you. We'd yes. be honored. Yeah. We, we, are, we have been in a four part and an eight part band. We have you know, Dirk Van Light and then Light full, and then you know, full full band. Band. Yeah. Because it's like herding cats <laughs> all together. You know, well, the bass player performs with, with they're many, really like, fantastic other groups. They yeah. usually will set aside if you're uh, ahead of time with them yeah. to play and do my project, but um it's just how talented they are. Yeah. And I'm very, very fortunate that they uh they're all wonderful too. Yeah. Every one of them. They all have, have a very happy band, as you probably saw at uh, yeah Riverside. No, they all have their own gifts and skills and, yeah. and humor and stories and it's it's, uh, a, it's a rich package, you know. Yeah, well, I de I definitely uh, experienced that when I was watching you guys because you definitely looked like everyone was having fun on stage, um, enjoying the music and the crowd. I thought. You know, really, I I thought it was great, and I think everybody else that was listening thought it was really good. That was a, a really neat format, and the the sound that people are doing the sound, just everything about it, it was it was very intimate and uh, yeah, great, great sound. Yeah. So uh, I still like to kind of it, it's just fun for me, uh, you know, to go back and and see where people got some of their influences. What was the very first concert that both of you ever went to? I saw Jimi Hendrix in '68. Really? Awesome. <laughs> I asked my mom if I could go see Jimi Hendrix, and she didn't know who that was, and she kind of turned to me and said, sure, where's he live? <laughs> <laughs> we snuck down there, and, you know, I don't know if we, the driver was old enough to drive, but we got down. <laughs> it was, um, it's before he really burned his guitars, too much wah or anything. He did the first two albums, and Bold as Love had not come out yet. Oh, my wow. Hendrix album, and he he played a few songs and people's literally their jaws dropped and he taps the mic and he goes, y'all okay out there? <laughs> I don't he rushed the stage and held their hands up and he would touch people's hands and just went through the rest of the album. And it was magical, just magical. Wow. Didn't your brother take you to the state fair? Well, I saw Marvin Gaye the first time. Barry Gorda came up, introduced a new talent. I have a big hand for Marvin Gaye. He did oh. under stubborn kind of better. You know, that was my Motown thing with my older brother. Oh, awesome. And me, I took, you know, uh, advantage of, of myself, you know, what I saw, what I perceived. Because yeah. I was in Brandy Ballroom, and we'd see Rod Stewart, uh, <laughs> the, the Who, what a litany, like three bands in that. And I remember when they raised their price from three fifty dollars and $5, and we, like, howled about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> And Russ was Russ. I don't know if I can use the word. It's kind of a P R I C K. Uh, you know, and it was yeah. we were like young, young, uh, not dumb hippies, but we were. You know, it was like we'd load a car illegally with people and go down there and see <laughs> <laughs> the and come home. And my father thought it was great. Granny Ballroom was big bands, and they were dancing probably, weren't they? <laughs> not quite dead. <laughs> Really cool. Great yeah. Stories. Oh, Dude, Detroit stories. Really cool. Yeah. My first, well, we had season tickets to the Detroit Symphony, but my father's um, first cousin was conductor of the Toronto Symphony. So we used to go to the symphony. Oh, wow. Toronto. And I'm embarrassed to see what my first concert was. What was it? <laughs> well, I was really at the fifth dimension. Oh, awesome. I mean, wrong with that. I mean, that yeah. was like. Yeah, it's actually very fun. Yeah, they have great yeah. costumes and everything. How old were you? It was like 10. Okay. They had a time. You know. She was <laughs> way, then, way too young to be involved, so she was there. Then it was regular to the Raven coffee shop that was in Southfield. And yeah. I don't, you wouldn't be familiar with that, I don't think. No, they I don't remember. Had, Chuck and this Joni is the Mitchell. old, yeah, Chuck and Joni Mitchell and Odetta and just mostly, it was the folk singer yeah. set of things. She I mean, was more folk folky. singer. Yeah, I used to hitchhike and Dylan. go to Mariposa, to the Mariposa Folk Festival in Toronto. Island. Yeah. And that was really Oh, fun. God, was that a cool so I was kind of a, a folky. I had a, I made, I made my own dulcimer and 
Oh, wow. Cool. I had a finger piano and I'm dating myself. (laughs) (laughs) I missed missed a lot of the folk (laughs) stuff and I'm sorry I did. uh, Even like Dylan and obvious people. And that and just uh, what was going on in that neck of the musical woods. I was more of an electric guitar. Yeah. Cream, English um, rock. English rock. English, yeah. I was a yeah. file definitely when I was young. Yeah. I, th- I think that happens to a lot of people where you, especially if you love music and you'd like to explore and, and like listen to different things, you may start somewhere, you know, at a particular age and you, you listen to that and then you don't really appreciate some things. Cause I, I, I mean, I've told people this and they're kind of shocked. Like I did not like the Beatles at all when I, when I was young, like when I was 15, 16. Hold on, hold on. I got a question from this. Why did you not like them? I just couldn't get into the music. I just thought it was. Uh, yeah. And a lot of it. And so, and I was also exposed to the really early stuff, you know, so she loves me. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, I didn't right. care for it. And then I really didn't know about, and I knew, you know, a couple tunes like, you know, Sgt. Pepper, um, but not really in depth into like Revolver and some of those songs that are on that album. And when you get into, you know, uh, into Sgt. Pepper even, or, um, you know, Let It Be or any of those other albums later in their calendar or catalog. Mm-hmm. So for the longest time, I was like, I, I just don't, I can't get into this. Then somebody club. brought in the, uh, you know, had the the white album, and I listened to that. I'm like, what is this? Like, oh, this is the Beatles. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> well, that was great. Yeah, it was your epiphany yeah. when the Beatles meant something different all of a sudden. And yeah. it's inter- interesting. Yeah. What were you listening to? What What was my your next question? Baseline. Oh, where, where did I start? What go to? Uh, well, so let's see. So my parents. So my mom obviously played guitar. Um, she was into um, kind of like older, well, she she used to teach guitar actually too. And she um, taught at a record store and she worked at a record store on the east side of Detroit. And so uh, she was very much into Hawaiian music and steel guitar, you know, pedal steel. That's fantastic. That is cool. So we listened to a lot of that. My dad was from Virginia originally. So we listened to a lot of Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard, and then great mix, yeah. And then you know, my mom liked Ray Price. I don't know if you know Ray Price, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and Patsy Cline and that stuff. So that's you know that's what I listened to as a kid. And then when I started listening to music, I got into Elton John, and that was my first album I bought, uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. Cool. Then from there, I got into then in sixth grade, um, we had this great social studies teacher who uh, would let us bring in albums on Friday. And this is 1976, um, I think, 75, 76. And it was when Kiss Alive came out. <clears throat> so I, I heard that, and that kind of spawned the whole, like, heavy metal thing and, and everything else after that. <laughs> it is cool. I was huge into Kiss. I had, like... It didn't like me understand that. Um... It was like, uh, well, it was theater to the extreme. It yeah. was, you know, what started you put your eye on? And, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm this has nothing to do with music for me. <laughs> later, yeah. later on, there was a whole, that's another Americana story, how we do our, redo ourselves over and over again. And the people that grew up with certain influences hung on to them and had their own reasons at the time that other people might not relate to because it was their moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So do you find your, that you're, uh, I know you mentioned like that's, you know, some folks, uh, and this is true across, it doesn't matter how old you are. There are certain people I feel that get stuck. Uh, I hate the word used stuck, but they either heard certain music when they were a kid and they stick with that and they don't want to change. So when you talked about like people want to hear covers as opposed to original music because they're familiar with, they're comfortable with it. But then there's, there, there's other people that are like open and willing to experiment and willing to try uh, original music. I'm, a, I'm assuming that's how you guys feel, but I, you know, is that how you feel? And do you feel like 
that that's true across the board that people kind of get stuck in their thing and it's kind of an oasis in a desert situation sometimes people friends of yours and that they really aren't going to explore anything too different or they've got an opinion right away about something you're writing that doesn't sound like something they might listen to so yeah. they're not going to listen to it. the attention span and music especially you know you download everything to free like 10 seconds note 10, 10 seconds oh maybe this one yeah. and it's it just it's all going by so quickly it's hard to give something a chance and I'm, I'm by the way I'm guilty of that too I've got how much time I've missed some great stuff um that I caught up with later on I went oh my gosh I heard that and I didn't realize how wonderful it was yeah but it, but at the time what's going on in life how it's blowing by and that it's just the time you have and don't have and people don't have time anymore but you're open to original oh music. yeah am I and yeah so certain there's different lands as soon as i hear original it's got my attention so there's different towns and there's different places that are more willing yeah to hear so we're going to play two very different venues in the next two. Oh, that's right (laughs) which is a bowling alley listening listening room And then this uh, Friday and after that, Trin- Trinity, Trinity House. House. Oh, now, now I've to- heard good things about Trinity House. Yeah, I've not been there yet. Place. It's uh, no alcohol. It's mostly acoustic oriented. And then it's gonna- it's a real study in uh, well, my storytelling, songs, the vocals, the right. There's uh, no very TVs rough, very on the wall. No. So there's no alcohol. So strictly a listening room as opposed to Bolero. But people <laughs> so, to listen to what a song is. It's right. very dedicated. Right. Yeah. yeah right. So like the difference between probably going to the blind pig or going to the ark. Yeah. Yeah. That's two good different panel. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although I know I've been to both and wanted to listen to the music, you know. Uh, but yeah, I I'm always a little taken back when folks I mean, I get it. You're out there to have fun and the, and the music's in the background, right? You're at the bar, you're, the music's in the background. And I'm always shocked when people, like, it's, to me, it seems like this is the show. Like, you're here for the band. And it's okay. like, why are you standing over by the bar chanting with right. so-and-so? And like, uh, I don't know. So it's, I, not for, it's not for everyone. I guess. <laughs> Places where, I mean, we've gone... So we were just in Delray Beach, Florida. Yeah. And we we popped into this oh this gosh. little bar and no one's one listening. Long, one guy playing guitar. And we're just sitting there listening to him. And he did he did find out he's correct. from Canton, Michigan originally. <laughs> <laughs> play an play an original. And the best song I heard that night was an original. I gotta get my battery to laptop. <laughs> Oh, and, that's awesome. was, and he cracked up when he heard where we are from, Pontiac. But <laughs> he, he played an original, the first originally done that night. And it was a great song. Um, we looked him up afterwards. He's got a lot of really great material. Oh, wow. He's road warrior. You know, he's down in there. He's, he's trying to make a living on the road. Good luck. Yeah. And, uh, it was just a, a moment in time. We really, really uh, liked his original, asked him to do it. A lot of fun plays, called us up to the stage and said, who are, who are you? No one asked Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, in right now. Hold on. Oh, Don't, sure. Just keep talking. All right. Talking. We're good. Okay. She's gone. You want to talk? <laughs> well, I was curious, like, um, you know, when you do have time to listen to music, what what's the preferred method for you? Do you prefer like old school vinyl stuff, um, or is it more just head, headset and listening it goes to? all over the place and headset too. I if I had to give you, a, I like a lot of Canadian music lately. Stuff I hear. So we listen in the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and, and it's their production goes from uh, more reverb than I could ever tolerate and that sounds good yeah. to very minimalist stuff but I, I they're kind of in a certain era of their own right now and the songwriting the young young talent is just incredible 
I mean, it's more innovative. And, you know, they will uh, proverbial, you know, I heard two notes. I can guess the whole song. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're all over the place and, and very, very creative. I tend to go, and what's the station I listen to? Well, we really like this Canadian station. Yeah. And you won't hear anything here of their their work, really. That is, it's Canadian. It's eighty nine nine. Eighty nine nine. I guess I think that's it. It's Canadian, and you just hear different. I hope you didn't get it wrong. From uh, indigenous music to yeah, to everything. Yeah. Wow, it's a great station. But it, it's it's classical during the day, and then the evening it it, it just goes someplace else. Our radio doesn't go anyplace else ever anymore in America. It seems like no. You, even when they're trying to. And this this stuff is really different and really inclusive and all over the place. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. So um, besides those two shows you got coming up, uh, anything coming up, you know, because the this podcast will come out in a couple of weeks. So uh, we're at local beyond. place, Kaju Cafe. Um, we're at Trinity House on January 20th. We're... Kiaji Cafe in April. We are Crystal Cafe in Ann Arbor. Crystal Cafe. Oh, cool. In GW Stanton. Great venue. Oh, that's June. Yeah, we changed it to June. Then when we're playing at the gazebo in Ferndale. Oh, that's right. Uh, Is that July? I don't remember. Our it's, gigs are on our website, thedirtcrollband.com. That's the best place to find our shows. We're continuing to book at different venues. Uh, Dave Roof might do another Riverside. I know he's trying to grow that a bit yeah. in the area. And we might be a part of that as well. We're looking awesome. forward to that. I think so. I think, you know, he's he wants to get some different people there. And I, I'm okay. rooting for and that. That's, and that's fine. But Although we'll you heard us there, and I'm glad you we did. We really have been well-received in the Ann, in the Ann Arbor area. We would like to get more to in that direction. That. The person that you said that a man yes. chef. Yeah, I'll I'll message you guys, but his name's Steve Gerbach. Um, okay. I'll get you guys in touch with him and John Mooningham. Um, they, they're the kind of primary guys running that. There's a there's a crew of them. There's Jason. Um, they've got uh, a guy named berkeley who's running sound who runs sound at the arc and um they're you know they're very um yeah those guys are great so um i'll get you in touch with them okay great great. excellent thank you yeah we've uh performed at zuzu's coffee house actually oh zuzu's i forgot about yeah but i don't know if they're live music anymore oh and you know what else um do you guys uh, have you ever heard of uh chelsea sound and sights no, I just I just heard of that recently. No, I yeah, I know the uh, so I'll send you that contact info as well because uh, they're looking to, to book bands um, cool. for this coming summer. You guys would be great. Conversation about Zuzus and somebody mentioned them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That would be a great venue. They've got multiple stages set up. You know, every Thursday, and then they have a. Um, I think uh, I'm not sure what they're doing with their. They have a like a, at the end of July. They have like a two-day tent festival but every thursday through the summer they're doing uh now that's become a hot night thursdays yeah, yeah. a lot of news cool. it's really nice yeah yeah ann arbor does it too they close down main street and do music uh i think dexter does it but the one in chelsea is fantastic like i think 10 stages um wow. big time big yeah. dunes yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I think you guys would be great over there too. Well, you'd be great anywhere, really. Hey, great. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Thank Appreciate yeah. it. Well, the whole thing about Thursdays is that other musicians might have a better opportunity of seeing other musicians because they may not be gigging, gigging on the weekends. That's right. Thursday, sometimes you'll get some musicians. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you happened to see us at the Riverfest. That, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's, it was an interview, and the, um, you have to describe more than we can. I guess I put it like that. Yeah. Well, I w- want to thank you both so much for being on Fans with Bands. I got so much for having us. Yeah, I've got one last question for you. Actually, two questions. Um, since it's sort of the holiday season, so first one is. Pineapple or no pineapple on pizza? No. Yes. No. <laughs> wrong. It's illustrated the pizza it's completely, completely and if people don't like it, a lot of people don't. I like yeah, pineapple my on pizza. Pina yeah, I come from California. I'm no. sorry. 
some avocados in our you, backyard. Look at this trouble you. You know, I am with Marcy in that uh, pineapple should just stay. It, it's it's a fruit it should be on its own thing. Um, and pizza should, should not because I'm not really a sweet and savory person that and that's what that is. Right. So if you have yeah, 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 pineapple, I guess I am. it's sweet and savory. And I'm like, I like savory and I like sweet. But they need to be on their own separate plates, you know. See, like I don't, I don't eat ham. I never eat ham, but I had ham and pineapple pizza, and I really yeah. like. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Yeah. And the other question I have for you, since it's the holiday season, we just had, uh, you know, Christmas. And uh, do you consider Die Hard? Is it a Christmas movie or not? So much about that. I've seen it. They're saying Die Hard. People watch Die Hard during Christmas break, but it's yeah. not a it's not a Christmas movie. Wow, well, it happens. But it's what you watch. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> right? Stab somebody in the eye with an icicle or something. Yeah, not really. <laughs> so I'm taking that as a no. Die Hard is not a not Christmas me, movie. No. <laughs> not no. All no. right. Awesome. Those are great questions. Well, <laughs> well, thanks again so much for being on Fans with Bands. Oh, it's great talking with you. And I will see you sometime in person. I can't wait. Great. Sounds good. Have a good night. Thank you. Too. you. Bye. Many thanks to Dirk and Marcy for joining me on this episode of Fans with Bands. I thoroughly enjoyed talking with them about the Dirk Coral Band and the fantastic music that they make. Dirk and Marcy are super people, and it was a treat to hear the stories behind the music, as well as learn about their pathways into the music world. Be sure to check out the latest Dirk Kroll band record called Your Flight. This is a great album of rock music that is diverse, lush, and captivating. See the show notes for all the details and links. Bands are nothing without you, the fans. Purchasing music and merchandise is critical to their survival. If you can help out your favorite bands, please do. If you're in Michigan, consider following the Playing in Detroit area tonight and SE for Southeast Michigan Music Facebook pages. They are fantastic places for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show, telling your friends, telling your neighbors, telling your family, telling your priest, tell everyone, and leave a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jam.